We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up, people? KJ Podcast. Welcome back. I'm fresh off a trip from Hawaii, feeling relaxed and re-energized to talk about the NFL. There are so many headlines that are buzzing that intersect with the San Francisco 49ers. Antonio Brown, why are you guys so anti the 49ers being aggressive to acquire one of the best receivers in the league? Sometimes it's just about getting a damn good player and getting him on the roster. I have a lot to discuss there, a lot to unpack. We are going to talk about Colin Kaepernick and Blue Wire's newest podcaster, Michael Wilhoyt, was really eloquent in what he said about Cap was having conversations daily with him in August of 2016 when the kneeling during the national anthem all went down. That case is settled. Clearly, the NFL did not want facts becoming public and were willing to give Kaepernick a piece of their pie. It was really one of the craziest stories I ever covered, and I haven't given it much attention, so we'll, we'll definitely give that five minutes. And I want to touch on a mailbag. We've never done this before. I think it's kind of lame sometimes when people put that out there, but it is good content. You guys get to ask me the tough questions. We'll go through like a bullet point list. Probably going to be a long podcast too because I have my draft big board top three headed into the combine, and I have my free agency big board three or four targets that we'll go over and some guys to kind of, I hope the 49ers don't get. So much to freaking unpack. We always start with Blue Wire. I'm probably going to make a separate podcast to just keep everyone up to date with how we're building the business and bring on insightful guests and give that a startup feel. Should be at 30 podcasters early March. Really happy with the team we're building. We are becoming a talent magnet and podcasting is super hot right now. Appreciate everyone spreading the word. 
Make sure you check out the draft board. Jordan Reed is doing a damn good job. He had Matt Miller on this week from Bleacher Report. He's had Dame Brugler on. Guy is becoming our draft expert. He could be on ESPN one day. Give his podcast a follow. Very insightful guy. All right, let's jump into everything. I think where we start is the most pertinent news, Antonio Brown. I'm not going to give you the full background here. You need to be following this story. It's one of the bigger player movement things since Peyton Manning leaving the Colts, since T.O. leaving the Niners and the Eagles and the Cowboys, all that saga. Sometimes a player becomes bigger than a team, and Antonio Brown has done that. He's using social media to really get out his message. He met with Art Rooney, and I totally get that some of you think this guy is a headache, but my number one reason for why the 49ers should be at the top of the list to try and acquire Antonio Brown is that Kyle Shanahan can manage this player on offense. I don't think he's this much of a shitstorm that he can come into this locker room and mess it up. Now that Kyle has this thing set up for two years, the culture is in place, the hard work, the the 49ers are a smart team. That's what they pride themselves on. They study film in a smart way where every player knows every responsibility. Antonio Brown is that type of player. Under the right coaching staff and when he's motivated right, and he can be feeling himself and feeling the right vibe with the team as well. And I'm willing to take a four-year bet on him. And we can get in the compensation part. But I, I really do think he's Terrell Owens. T.O. left San Francisco and went to the Eagles and elevated that team to a Super Bowl. And he missed half a season where he was on pace for like 1,400 yards and like 80 receptions. Came back and played in the Super Bowl on a half-broken leg. T.O.'s numbers from when he was 31 years old to 35 years old are really damn good. 75 catches a year, 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. Those are the kind of numbers I think Antonio Brown puts up regardless of where he goes. Now, if he gets paired with Kyle Shanahan, and this is the big point to make here too, A, Kyle can manage Antonio Brown in the locker room. The Reuben Foster thing was an off-the-field thing. Antonio Brown's an inside-the-building problem where Kyle can keep an eye on things and, and really make him buy in and believe. Part B of this is look at what Kyle did with Julio Jones. His offense literally set records. The team went to the Super Bowl. What are you guys missing here? The 49ers get a superstar wide receiver. The offense could literally explode. We totally get it. Kyle does not need a superstar receiver. He's going to get you 25, 26, 30 points. And he's going to draw beautiful plays. And George Kittle is going to lead the league in receptions. Guess what? His job becomes so much easier if you get Antonio Brown. He doesn't have to work as hard as scheming up because there's going to be wide open holes on the field all the time. And guess what? If Kyle doesn't have to spend every second scheming up Kendrick Bourne to get open, maybe he can focus on helping the defense out now and then. Sitting in on a meeting here. Why don't we try this? He's such a brilliant football mind that gets tied into being the offensive coordinator. All of a sudden, Antonio Brown has made his job easier. All of a sudden, the red zone issues have gone away. And yeah, let's get to the compensation part of the Antonio Brown thing. I'm fired up about this. You are lying to yourself if the 49ers can trade a third-round pick to get this guy. I would start to think about the second-rounder right there, what, pick 34? If no one at the Combine is biting, things are about to get very heavy in Indianapolis next week, and I don't expect a trade to happen right there. But the Steelers are going to be gathering all their offers, 
and they're going to sit on it probably during free agency. And then in the middle of free agency, I think Antonio Brown will get traded somewhere. The 49ers have got to have the discussion here. I don't think the 49ers should lowball the Steelers. I think they should come in and offer the second round pick, number 34 overall. Antonio Brown, you're probably going to have to redo his contract. You're going to have to worry about all this me first stuff for a little bit. But I, I think Kyle and him and Richard Sherman being in this building and Joe Staley being in this building, Robbie Gold being hopefully back in the building too. This isn't a locker room where Antonio Brown could come in and and make a riot and have a bunch of young guys follow him. Yeah, will Kendrick Bourne follow him? Listen, this is the price you pay for superstar wide receivers. Some of them are complete divas. Some of them can also change the direction of your offense and franchise. And like I tweeted out, I think if the 49ers somehow landed Antonio Brown and it was for less than the 2020 first-round pick and they got him, the positive momentum coming off of this, the expectations it would create, you want that. You don't want to go into the season thinking, oh, are we going to be good? No, you want to go in thinking 49ers might challenge the Rams for the division if they made this type of move. And it puts pressure on the team. It puts pressure on Jimmy G. Guess what? It's time. It's year three. This All this rebuilding and retooling is for this, is to get a couple superstar players in here to elevate you. And the first round pick, I get why some of you draw the line there. Like John Lynch is supposed to draft really good players and let's find our Antonio Brown there. It's that hard to draft receivers is what I'm convinced of. Do you really want to play duck, duck, goose at receiver and miss out on Antonio Brown here? Take your receiver. Let's say that that's what happens. Antonio Brown gets traded to the Buccaneers for a first round pick this year. He goes out, helps save Jameis Winston's career, whatever happens. 49ers take their edge. They get their defense set up this year. They go 8-8, eight 9-7. And eight, and they just missed the playoffs. Next year, they draft a receiver in the first round. He's a bust. All of a sudden, Dante Pettis can't get open. All of a sudden, Jimmy G's not as good. Like, who are you plugging in here for Antonio Brown? And I think I mentioned it earlier. Odell Beckham is not realistic. Love Jay Glazer. I've chatted with him in Cleveland, had some small talk with him, totally respect his brand and what he does. I think the Giants would be the worst organization in sports if they literally traded Odell Beckham. And the 49ers should not want to trade out of the number two pick. If it's number two overall and you trade down to number six, they would have to throw in Odell Beckham. I mean, that's just a bad trade for the Giants. They're going to go draft Wayne Haskins and get rid of the best weapon in football. If you guys actually believe this report, and I guess it's semi-credible because it's Jay Glazer, I don't buy it. I don't buy that the Giants are this stupid. On the other hand, they have started Eli Manning for multiple, multiple years when they should have moved on. Who knows what's going on in that organization, but we got to be realistic here. Antonio Brown is the best offensive weapon available this offseason. It might cost a first-round pick next year. If you get him, I think the 49ers go 10-6, and 9-7 and seven at worst if everyone's healthy. And your pick is, what, 20, 21, 22 in the first round. It's worth it. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch need to make the playoffs next season. They know it. Injuries be damned. Training staff be damned. There's no excuses next season. If they struggle and Marquise Goodwin is starting 16 games for them at receiver, we're going to say, why weren't you more aggressive? Aggressively prudent is not going to work. Overpaying Randall Cobb is not a good idea. 
overpaying Golden Tate is not a good idea. And really, it would be the trade that defined them. And maybe that's where Kyle and John Lynch say, we can't do it. We can't put our reputations on Antonio Brown. We don't feel good enough about it. This happens to Mike Tomlin a lot. Superstars and that organization, it's very hard to coexist and be a wide receiver there for a long time. All right, that's the major news going on there. KJ Podcast, you know where I stand. Go get a star. Trade the first-round picks. I mean, Brandon Cook's cost of first-round pick for the Rams, they went to the Super Bowl. Do you not understand this? Stop trying to collect your little draft picks till 2021. Sometimes you need to make a swing for the fences move. This is the 49ers' time. They tried with Khalil Mack. Look at the Bears. Oh, my God, they're in the playoffs. Khalil Mack, best defense of the league. What do you know? They got a superstar player, and things turned around. The NFL is becoming closer to the NBA, where the balance of power, players 30 through 53 on your roster are interchangeable. Players you know, 1 through 5 can dictate how many Super Bowls you're winning, a.k.a. the Patriots. Kyle has done this before with Julio Jones. I think he can elevate an offense with Antonio Brown, and that is the final answer. Who wants to be a millionaire? Regis Philbin. Final answer, Kyle with Antonio Brown. Final answer. That's what I want. I don't care if it's a first-round pick in 2020. I would not trade the number two overall, obviously. We've kind of got an exciting announcement. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Save $10 on a value trial set. So that's $3. You get a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. That's $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors and cutting yourself. It's totally worth trying Harry's. They fix shaving by combining clean, simple design, quality, durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders, they were sick of paying for razors that were overpriced, overdesigned, or the cheap Bic ones that I use, used to use. Harry's bought world-class blade factory in Germany. It's been making quality blades for over 95 years. They went to the experts. They searched all around. They found them in Germany. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer. Going to harrys.com slash bluewire. 100% guarantee. You don't love it? Let them know. They'll give you the refund. It's $3. Again, that's harrys.com slash bluewire. Redeem your razor today. Blue Wire is also brought to you by Ethos Life Insurance. Life can be stressful. Getting life insurance really shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. It's a modern life insurance, super fast, incredibly affordable. It's uncomplicated. Getethos.com. There's no medical exams for policies under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork. Meetings with those pushy representatives on the phone. It's easy. 10 minutes. Go online. Apply. You can be rest assured you've taken the steps to protect your family in most cases with ethos less than a cup of coffee a day no hidden fees having life insurance shouldn't be stressful it's very easy get ethos.com e-t-h-o-s get ethos.com very easy and we're happy to have them as part of blue wire and that leads us kind of just to our next 
thing. Let's go to the mailbag. The number one question that everyone was asking me, who do you want in the draft? Headed into the combine next week. Here's my big board. Drum roll, please. This is subject to change. Number one, Nick Bosa. Number two, Josh Allen. And number three, Quinn and Williams. And they're all three very close. There's no separator this year. You know, some drafts, there's a clear cut. Oh, Ndamukong Su, the year he came out, it was he was the best D-line in that year. These guys all have something they're really, really good at. Nick Bosa is just the most sound prospect in the draft. Not a weakness. He's got the rare strength and explosiveness. He's He just looked like an NFL player, but he does have the knock of the durability. And his brothers had durability issues too. So you can't just automatically ignore that. And, you know, he doesn't have much tape. He doesn't have a ton of tape. Josh Allen, number two, freakish athlete. I would be very happy the 49ers landed him. It's honestly the the no-brainer pick. Like, it makes the most sense. It fills the need that we've been bitching about for two years here. He's He seems like he's a plug-and-play guy. You also have people who think he can play Sam Linebacker. And that's part of the equation. I think he could be an every down edge that Kentucky didn't use him that way because he can play in coverage. His knock is that I think he he out of these three could be a bust. I think he, his ceiling is the highest, that he could be an all pro and that he could also be a Deion Jordan, a Solomon Thomas, not from an athlete perspective, but just for some reason, like he doesn't seem as sound of a prospect. And it's the Kentucky thing a little bit. He came out as a two-star He's put on a bunch of weight throughout the years. We'll see what he runs at the combine because you can you can measure these guys. If it's Von Miller-esque, if he's running a 4-5, it's going to be very hard to pass him up at number two. But the pick would probably be Quentin Williams if he doesn't go number one overall. That's who's number three on my big board. Alabama D. Lyman, we kind of went in-depth on him a couple podcasts ago. He's the mini-game wrecker. You can't really do things in the middle. When you played Quentin Williams in college, he can throw around O-Lyman. He's disruptive in the run game. He will get pressures. Do you want to screw up a good thing with DeForest Buckner? That would be the one negative here. Like, why even change anything going on with Buckner? Change his position. Change what you're asking him to do. Can't you, like, fill in someone who's better than Earl Mitchell and, what and like, what you've had in the middle? Because the 49ers are a very good interior team interior it's hard to run up the middle against them against Buckner so it's already a strength you could I've made the argument on Twitter you can make the argument that pairing those two together makes it very ferocious and I I kind of like using Buckner on the edge from time to time they really have shied away from doing that and like now you're getting into my free agency big board which we'll get to because I think they're going to add someone in free agency too this is all exciting news here the 49ers have a chance to get Antonio Brown, one of the top edge rushers here. And then that will move to my free agency big board. And then we'll get to some of the mailbag questions. The number one target to clearly get in free agency is Earl Thomas. We've been over it. I've tweeted out a picture of his number 29 jersey in San Francisco colors. There's a lot of Seahawks hitting free agency. Frank Clark is one. KJ Wright is another. I don't think they're going to straight up get all these guys, but I think there's meetings being held internally right now in Santa Clara 
Wang getting the Seattle band back together on defense and infusing some other young talent like Buckner, Fred Warner, another piece in the secondary that they desperately need. So uh, free agency, big board, Earl Thomas, number one. This team cannot continue to play the scheme without the the single high safety. I think it's the no-brainer thing. It, it could be the day one of free agency, and it could be a huge contract because the 49ers don't want to bid with Dallas. They don't want to bid with anyone. They have to get this done. I love Adrian Colbert personally. He's essentially almost still a rookie. He really started in November and December of 2017 and then a little bit of last year. He's just not experienced enough yet. I think bringing in Earl Thomas, if it's a three-year, $45 million deal, it's going to be something like that. It's going to be bigger than Richard Sherman's. It's going to be worth the price, in my opinion. And the good thing about his injury is is that it's a broken leg. It seems like it's going to be less rehab than what Richard Sherman went through in the Achilles or a knee or a shoulder or something like that. This defense needs that piece. The offense needs a number one wide receiver. Until you get those two, this team will never compete for Super Bowls. If they don't have an elite talent on offense, also helping Jimmy Garoppolo, it was Doug Baldwin in Seattle. Like You've got to have that type of weapon, which the 49ers still haven't had in two seasons here. George Kittle, obviously a tight end, has become a Travis Kelsey-like weapon. You still need that threat on the outside. And then safety. Um, it's pretty obvious. My number two free agent big board is a bunch of guys actually listed together. Either Frank Clark, Brandon Graham, Anthony Barr, some edge rusher. Trey Flowers is the really hot name right now, 25-year-old Patriots. You can't even call him an edge rusher because he's like a utility piece being used everywhere, but he had 67 pressures last year, had a great playoffs. Reports are indicating... Patriots may not franchise tag him. They may think they can get someone similar in the draft. He's a very good athlete. He's not the true edge rusher, and this is my worry about Trey Flowers and the 49ers. Could Robert Sala maximize his potential? He hasn't been able to with Solomon Thomas. I'd rather have a Nick Bosa or a Josh Allen where you know they're an edge rusher than this chess piece that Robert Sala has to use. Because I don't think that he is an elite defensive coordinator. I think he can get the job done. And this scheme is just very tough to play if you don't have elite players. And I just feel like Trey Flowers is going to be that piece where, all right, we're lining up here. Is he Sam linebacker sometimes? I like my players on defense to really have defined roles. Um, At the end of the day, I think they'll go with someone like Brandon Graham, Frank Clark, Anthony Barr. Chris Long... It just may be at the end of his career, and you'd want someone more impactful. You need to sign an edge in free agency as well. You didn't re-sign Elvis Dumerville last year. Freaking, you touted Jeremiah Atachu and then caught him in training camp. There has to be money spent on an edge here, and and likely it's Bosa or Josh Allen. Or, I mean, if they go high-end here on the edge rusher and Trey Flowers, or they get D Ford, or it's Demarcus Lawrence, it's something crazy, then Quinn and Williams does look more likely at two. If they sign a younger edge rusher and give him buku money early and get Earl Thomas, you could see Quinn and Williams instead. But at, at the end of the day, I don't mind having two edge rushers too. That Denver team that beat Cam Newton in the Super Bowl was relentless. They traded for DeMarcus Ware. Oh, what do you know? They traded for a very good veteran player and won a Super Bowl. 
that's that's what teams tend to freaking do. Oh, the Eagles made a bunch of trades and aggressive moves in free agency two years ago, won the Super Bowl. What are you waiting for if you're a 49ers fan and you're just like, no, man, we need to build through the draft for six years here. Not everyone can do it like the Patriots. Not everyone can build from the ground up. You need to strap turbo boosters to your rocket when you're building the ship. All right, let's get to some fan mailbag. Someone asked me, evaluate some other free agents that you would like or not like for the 49ers. CJ Mosley is a name I've been seeing thrown around. I really think he's a good player for the Ravens. I don't like overpaying for inside linebacker. I think that's a position in the second, third, fourth round. You can get your Fred Warners. You can get KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner's. You don't need to spend high assets. And I think Devin White's going to be a really good player. People are like, oh, should the 49ers trade down and get Devin White? It's like, do you watch football on Sundays? You need to get after the quarterback. You can find guys who can make plays in the middle of the field and cover tight ends and get tackles, and they're fun to watch and they're they're good on tape, but they're not impacting the game at the same level. So if CJ Mosley was willing to do a discount deal, I would be for it. But if you're paying him 20, 30, 40 million guaranteed, I'm not for it. I think you can find another Fred Warner. I like Preston Smith from the Redskins. He's not a scheme fit. Sheldon Richardson is a name you can't rule out. I don't know what the 49ers want to do on the interior next to Buckner. He clearly needs someone next to him that's pretty good that would help. I felt like Earl Mitchell was a space eater and not much more than that, and they could find someone better there. Um, Ziggy Ansah, we were all in on him last offseason. Looks like he's going to hit the market. Can't stay healthy. He could be your guy that's hanging around in April, a couple weeks after free agency, and you're like, I'm going to do like a two-year, $10 million deal. And then you're like, all right, that's really good value for Ziggy Ansah. I think he's a better player when healthy than Eric Armstead. Speaking of Armstead, the more I think about this, you can't pick up his $9 million option. You let him walk. You try and renegotiate. Dude just got engaged today. He'd probably want to stay here instead of starting over. I don't think you want to pay him on a one-year $9 million deal. And then he's one of your top five highest paid players. There's so many pieces that are about to be shuffled, hopefully on the 49ers D-line. They they can do a little bit here in free agency. I don't think Sue is coming here. I don't KJ Wright missed 11 games last season. I would I would prefer a younger inside linebacker. Like if it was KJ Wright or Earl Thomas, it's obviously Earl Thomas. Yeah, and then Brandon Graham is a possibility. Someone's asking me, is Frank Gore a possibility? Can he fill that Alfred Morris type of role? I don't think Kyle gives out goodie bags like, oh, let's have a rah-rah funny story. I'd rather that spot go to, you know, a seventh-round pick, undrafted guy. Let's try and find the next Matt Breida and not in a sense of, like, the smaller tailback. But, you know, Jeff Wilson, too, did come on a little bit at the end of the year as a power back. Had some fumbling issues, but I don't think Frank Gore comes back here. The one-day retirement, obviously he will. And I'm sure John Lynch will be sitting next to him. They'll they'll do something cool for him. But I don't want to just give Frank Gore. I I love him, and he's still pretty productive. But at running back, let's let Kyle do his thing. Let's not just do some type of legacy pick. All right, my buddy Ty Brandenburg asks, expectations for Fred Warner year two? You'd like to see more of a leap. You'd like to see some playmaking ability, some interceptions, some forced fumbles. 
think his best game of the year might have been week one against the Vikings, as crazy as that sounds. So you'd like to see him kind of progress more through the year. Maybe he hit a rookie wall. He rarely made bad plays, though. There were very few boneheaded mistakes from Fred Warner year one. He did not play like a rookie. I don't think he's a star linebacker. I don't think you'll see him in the Pro Bowl, but I think he could be a like five, six-year starter here. That's all you can ask for out of a third-round pick. That's a great pick if that that's, ends up being the case. All right, Bishop, third, zero, zero, listens all the time, asks about Landon Collins. In addition to Earl Thomas, like the 49ers are that depleted at safety. I've said all along I've not been a Tart fan. Jaquaski's a good dude in the locker room and ultimately I think is best served as a backup. I really do think you could have competition there. I think Adrian Colbert can play there if you decide to get Earl Thomas. I think there's competition. I'm not ready to bring in Landon Collins on a splashy contract. I don't think the Giants are going to let him go. I think there's some leaking going on up there that's incorrect. I know Landon Collins moves stuff out of his locker room and Players are getting really feisty on Twitter these days. They're literally their own reporters, their own news. I would not want to be a reporter these days in a contentious market like New York. That's a very difficult job. Players are going to put you on blast if you're really just reporting from sources because you can't even trust all sources these days. There's so many agendas, so much going on. That kind of leads us to, to Kaepernick. Definitely wanted to touch on this before we close out. NFL settles it before it becomes public. Leaks the news on a Friday afternoon. The most classic NFL thing ever. Some people are claiming fake news the day before that Kaepernick was asking the AAF for $20 million. You know, People can smear Kaepernick because he doesn't speak publicly that much anymore. But at the end of the day, for sacrificing his career, he's going to get Reportedly, he's going to get a lump sum between 60 and $80 million. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more. He also got the Nike contract out of this, which I'm sure is a hefty amount of money. Listen, it's not about the money. It is about his cause. But have you ever been to Hawaii? Have you ever been and experienced life? It, it is a little bit about money. Colin Kaepernick won here. Eric Reed won. The NFL did not want any of this evidence seeing the light of day. Jerry Jones probably had a horrible text message. I'm shocked that nothing was leaked during this. Like, absolutely stunned. And to have the gag order, you might say this is $125 million. for. And the NFL is, from Jerry Jones' perspective, they will pay for this problem to go away. It's almost like the mafia here. The NFL really derailed this guy's career. The NFL basically admitted by doing this that there was some collusion. It probably wasn't all 32 owners on a group thread saying, hey, we're doing this, but there was probably text between certain owners that we can't touch this. We can't have Kaepernick in our building. The 2017 season was absolutely crazy. His first season out and all the players kneeling in Trump. And the first four weeks of the season was a huge storyline. Kaepernick... He didn't know that it was going to get to this level, I don't think. In 2016, tensions were really high during the campaign, especially racial tensions, and he he took it upon himself. He made the ultimate sacrifice here. I always supported his cause. Chip Kelly did a tremendous job of navigating 
that season and and giving him a proper voice. It was crazy seeing CNN and MSNBC in the locker room. It was a little bit of a locker room distraction. I'm not going to lie. Like people are like, "Oh, come on, the NFL locker rooms." There were certain players who didn't want all the extra noise that it brought. Colin Kaepernick goes down as one of the most influential people of the decade. Had he not protested and played out his career, he probably leaves San Francisco, goes to Jacksonville, competes with Blake Bortles for two seasons, kind of fizzles out, and we remember him for having, you know, kissing his bicep, making a Super Bowl, being an exciting player. Instead, he's become a worldwide icon, standing up for change, standing up for what he believes in, pissing off half the country in the process, but also forcing us to have very difficult conversations and what does the national anthem actually mean who are we as a country and like i I, i'm excited to see what's next for him i wish he would speak more publicly i understand all the scrutiny and pressure that he's under he says he's still open to playing in the nfl i think that door is finally officially shut out of the nfl i mean how greedy and disgusting can the owners be they won't allow this guy in the league because he kneels during the national anthem. They allow Kareem Hunt back on the Cleveland Browns. There's video of him kicking a woman. I'm being naive. That's not how the world works, but wanted to say some two cents on that. Colin Kaepernick, salute to you. You beat the NFL. You have evidence of them keeping you out of the league, and it was going to come to light, and they literally cut you a check of their massive pie that you deserved. And I'm happy that he won that. So salute to you. KJ Podcast, we're out. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.